Welcome to Laces Out, an NFL podcast that goes over everything football. Here to talk all things football is your host Suhaib. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the rest of this show. Yo, what is up guys? Welcome back to another episode of Laces Out. I am your host Sohaib and today I got another exciting show lined up for you guys. But before we begin, I just wanted to remind everyone that Laces Out is an NFL podcast that goes over everything football, takes, analysis, reactions, and so much more. I cover it all here on Laces Out. Where can you find us? We're available on all the major podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and so much more. So stop whatever you're doing. Go ahead and subscribe, and then come back and listen to the rest of the show. Alright, so in today's episode, I am going to be giving my thoughts on a few things going around the NFL, giving my um, initial reactions on week one of preseason, and then I will basically give a seasonal preview of sorts, um, mainly specifically around the AFC, and then we'll wrap it all up. Alright, let's get right into it. Let's head into our Around the NFL segment. Let's start off by talking about the Zach Wilson news. So if you if you haven't noticed or if you haven't found out yet, Zach Wilson had an injury scare week one of preseason. It was a non-contact injury, and the Jets originally feared for it to have been an ACL tier. But after further tests, it turned out to be a bone bruise and a meniscus tier. Still a bit of unfortunate news, however, considering the way the injury happened, and the fact that it was non-contact, this was probably the best news possible. It's not as severe as they once thought it was. So this is good for the player and, you know, just Zach Wilson as, as a person. It's not as scary as it once was. You know, you never like to see an injury. But, you know, if there was any good news out of this, it's that it wasn't as severe as originally thought. With that being said, Zach Wilson is now on track to be back potentially by week one of the season, if not early on in the season, which is considered a win-win for the player and the team. It was initially a scary injury. You know, you're never you're never too sure of a non-contact injury, and those are usually the ones that turn out to be the worst at the end of the day. But, you know, overall, it's good news for Zach Wilson. He His injury is not as severe as once thought. And, you know, they breathe a sigh of relief for their franchise QB in New York. However, they... The injury concerns do not end there for the New York Jets. Mekhi Becton out for the year with a knee injury. This is such a brutal blow for the Jets. They lose a young up-and-coming offensive tackle. And, you know, frankly, it's just tough because he had a knee injury the, the day before. It wasn't deemed serious. And then the next day he injures the knee and then it, it is deemed serious and he is out for the year. He will undergo surgery to repair an avulsion fracture of his right kneecap. So... You know, tough blow for Mekhi Becton. However, you know, hoping for a speedy recovery for the player. I just wanted to bring up the fact that Robert Saleh, the way he stood up for his player and the fact that, you know, he shares that emotional bond with him. And then Mekhi Becton replying to that, it kind of shows what he's building out there in New York and the kind of brotherhood they're kind of building there. However, I wish a speedy recovery for Mekhi Becton and Zach Wilson. Continuing with the Jets news, the Jets have signed offensive tackle Duane Duane. I probably mispronounced his name. Dwan Brown to a two-year, $22 million deal. This is a replacement for Mekhi Becton. He is 
you know, a solid offensive tackle, which I was pretty surprised to see he's still available this late into free agency. However, he is now signed with the team, frankly. And, you know, he waited and his gamble sort of paid off because he got a solid size contract, especially this late. I'm kind of surprised he got $11 million a year. However, the Jets were kind of in desperation mode and they gave Dwan Brown a two-year $22 million deal to replace Mekhi Becton, at least for this year. And we'll see how we'll see how it turns out for them. You know, maybe this can be a solid one-two, one-two duo punch. You know, Duan Brown on one side and Mackay Becton on the other side. We'll see what happens. But the Jets bring in the Mackay Becton replacement, and yeah, that is really it for around the NFL. There wasn't that much news compared to last week. It was filled with news. You know, speaking of last week, you should check last week's episode. We kind of went over year one breakout players and predicted position battles. That is still going on in week one of preseason. Speaking of, let's move into our next segment. I'm going to give a few thoughts on what I noticed week one of preseason. Let's give a quick QB battle update. Out in Carolina, Baker Mayfield has a slight edge in Carolina according to reports. And frankly, watching that game, Baker Mayfield did look more solid compared to Sam Darnold and Matt Corral. Yeah, Matt Corral showed a few bit of glance, uh, glimmers of hope, you can say. And it... He also showed rookie mistakes and kind of showed why he shouldn't be starting week one at least. You know, maybe down the road, you know, if Baker Mayfield doesn't work out, Sam Darnold doesn't work out, Matt Corral maybe could start. But as of now, it seems like Baker Mayfield has a slight edge out in Carolina. Out in Pittsburgh, all three quarterbacks were solid for the Steelers. Really, it worked out the way it... How do I explain this? It worked out the way the Steelers wanted it to work out, per se. Mitchell Trubisky played a drive. He looked solid, you know, four for six, touchdown, not bad. Mason Rudolph, he also followed it up with a touchdown. And then Kenny Pickett played majority of the second half, and he got two touchdowns. And, and honestly, Kenny Pickett really impressed me. He went out 13 for 15 and then got two touchdowns, led the game-winning drive. And overall, really, did anything change? I don't know. Kenny Pickett, yeah, he did good. But you got to look at it. You got to put it into perspective. He did that against, you know, third strings, guys that are lower on the depth chart fighting for roster spots. Whereas Mitchell Trubisky looked solid, didn't do anything spectacular, was solid. Mason Rudolph, same thing, didn't do anything spectacular, was solid. So it really, I don't think anything changed with the QB battle. It's still M- Mitchell Trubisky won. You know, as of now, Mason Rudolph two, Kenny Pickett three. However, it could eventually change. Is Mike Tomlin going to put Kenny Pickett with the second stringers? Will he put him up against tougher competition to kind of see where he's at as a QB? Because Kenny Pickett really looked good for what for what he was put into. And, you know, the offensive line was terrible. Did not give him much time. Speaking of, the Steelers offensive line, terrible once again. But, you know, that's for another, that's for another episode. However, Kenny Pickett really... Really made showed significant improvement, uh, especially after his struggles in training camp. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on. As of now, I think Mitchell Trubisky still has a slight edge for that QB1 spot. Out in Seattle, you know, it was kind of reported and rumored Geno Smith has a foothold on the starting job. However, Drew Locke has been impressing in training camp, and he followed that up with a solid performance in Pittsburgh. You know, he played, scored two touchdowns, and went 11 for 15 for 102 yards. He looked really good. Honestly, in my opinion, he looked better than Geno Smith. However, we all know Drew Locke is inconsistent. We know he can perform in this level. However, can he keep up with consistency? And that's something that has hurt him. In the NFL, not only 
you know, in preseason, you know, this is different. However, can he just show, can he stack weeks? Because if he has a solid preseason, I don't see why he shouldn't be the starter because he offers more upside for Seattle. Geno Smith, yeah, he's a solid QB, but he has a higher floor, lower ceiling, whereas Drew Luck has a lower floor, higher ceiling. You know, who knows? We'll see how that turns out. I still think Geno Smith gets the start. However, Drew Locke put in a performance he needed to put in in order to give himself a shot at the starting QB job out in Seattle. All right, moving on. Let's talk about the New England offense or somewhat of an offense in New England. Uh, Yeah, the Patriots offense is in trouble. You know, heading into the offseason, there was question marks around who would be the offensive coordinator. Apparently, Matt Patricia was given those duties, and clearly he has not impressed. I have no idea whether he's actually calling the play calls. The offense was not, you know, I get it's preseason and whatnot. However, they did not show any any sort of reason to be optimistic towards that offense. And, yeah, there's really nothing much I can say about that. The Patriots offense is in trouble. And I really feel bad for Mac Jones because, yeah, who's his wide receiver one? Devontae Parker? I mean... Not bad. However, is he really a wide receiver one? That that's you know that's something we're gonna find out early um, during the season. However, based off week one of preseason, I was not optimistic heading into preseason for the Patriots offense, and nothing changed after week one as the offense looks really bad, and it's gonna be really really interesting to see how they perform during the season. However, it's Bill Belichick. I don't know. He's somehow some way gonna make it work, and they're probably gonna be a playoff team. Who knows? Moving on. Travis Etienne, looking good in his return to Jacksonville. He, As we all know, he missed his rookie season. This is kind of a year many are expecting him to break out. He went into preseason week, or, you know, this is week two for them. He went in and really looked solid and looked like his explosive self and looked like the player the Jacksonville Jaguars selected in the first round. You know, there's, you know, we talked about that in last week's episode. A positional battle out in Jacksonville is James Robinson versus Travis Etienne for the running back one spot. I feel like Travis went out and kind of proved that he belongs to be he belongs in that running back one spot and he deserves to be the starter out in Jacksonville. And, you know, frankly, I think he is the better player. He's the more talented player. Yeah, James Robinson is a tough back. However, Travis Etienne really fits the mold of a modern NFL running back. And I feel like he proved kind of proved that he still he still got that explosiveness that many were Really considering for him to be the running back one in last year's draft, and we all seen how Najee performed. And if Travis Etienne can perform like how he performed in college, Jacksonville really got a solid one. Solid week one showing for Travis Etienne in his return from injury. Again, let's move on. Jalen Hurts, showing what he can do as the starting QB in Philly. There are question marks surrounding whether Jalen Hurts is the guy in Philadelphia. And this is a huge season for him as they went out and got a weapon in, and- in A.J. Brown. They got Dallas Goddard. They got guys like Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell. So there's really no excuses for Jalen Hurts, who is in his third season. He has the experience. He had he has a year of starting under his belt. And frankly, this is a make-or-break a year because the Philadelphia Eagles are on the verge of heading into that contending window, and they're trying to see is Jalen Hurts the guy that will lead them to the Super Bowl that they sorely that they sorely want out in Philadelphia. However, back to his Week One performance. He was six for six for 80 yards and a touchdown. He only did. He only played one drive. However, if there was something he needed to show, it was to show that he can be the guy in Philly. And based off what I seen in Week One, in preseason, he showed he can be that guy. He showed what he can, what he has to offer to that Philadelphia offense. So Philadelphia fans, 
you're not, Jalen Hurts is here to stay. I think he's going to have a solid season. However, I will talk about more. I'll talk about that even more in another future episode. Let's move on to another team. Out in the AFC East, the Buffalo Bills have had question marks surrounding their secondary. So, you know, people were wondering who's going to be starting, who's going to be starting. Two young defensive backs out in Buffalo really impressed. Kair Elam, the rookie out of Florida, and also the rookie out of Villanova, Christian Benford. Both played well. Yeah, Kair Elam had his, you know, struggles. You know, he allowed a few catches, had a penalty. But however, he he really showed that he can be a solid starting cornerback in the NFL and showed why they drafted him first round. You know, especially with a team like the Buffalo Bills, who is contending. They need a guy that can slot in and, you know, guys on cheap contracts that can slot in and perform at a high level. And Kyrie Lem, if he if he performs the way, if he keeps, if he shows the potential he showed in week one of preseason, they got a really solid starting corner. You know, especially with the question marks surrounding Tredavious White's health. And basically, it's really Tredavious White and the departure of Levi Wallace. That kind of opened up a ton of questions surrounding the Buffalo Bills secondary and seeing guys like Kyrie Elam and Christian Benford stepping up and really impressing in their first week of preseason. That's only a good sign of what's to come out in Buffalo because those are two really solid players. And it's going to be really interesting because now, how are they going to build off that week one, their their week one performance? And will they stack good weeks upon good weeks in order to earn that starting job week, come week one for both players? But yeah, that is it for you know my week one preseason thoughts. Just wanted to get over the main things that I wanted to talk about. But yeah, I mean, if you had anything else, you know, DM me on Twitter at Sohaib Sharha at at, um, at Sohaib Sharha on Instagram as well. You know, let me know your thoughts. I'm always open to debating, to hearing your thoughts. I'm always open to hearing other people's point of views. All right, let's move on to the next segment, the AFC preview of sorts. And the reason why I put I put air quotes around that is because it's not a preview where I'm going team by team and, you know, talking about what to expect, yada, yada, yada. I'm going, I, I decided to change this up a bit. I got this idea from an Instagram page on NFL, Next Gen NFL. Shout out to them. It's division by division. I'm probably going to butcher this word. Superlatives, superlatives, however it's said. However, I'm going to go division by division, division by division. Give who I think is going to be the best team, who I think is going to be the worst team. Breakout player, best offensive player, best defensive player, best rookie, best coach or, you know, coach of the division. And most improved player. I'll go player by player. I will list them off. And then after I've finished a division, I will explain my picks. And then move on division by division. You guys will get the hang of it as we go on. Let's start off with the AFC East. The best team in the AFC East is Buffalo Bills. There is no question regarding that. They are a Super Bowl contender. They are potentially the main contender in the NFL with the improvements they made. Adding Von Miller. And, you know, they have Josh Allen at QB. There's really nothing other I need to say about that. Worst team, I got New England Patriots, breakout player, Tua Tagovailoa, best offensive player, Josh Allen, obvious, best defensive player, Quinn and Williams, best rookie, Brees Hall, best coach, or, you know, coach of the division, Mike McDaniel, and most improved player, Joshua Uche, edge rusher out of New England. So, I mean, the Patriots won, they're the worst team, in my opinion, out of all the teams in the AFC East, they really didn't do much in the offseason, and, you know, I kind of hinted at it earlier. They have no offensive coordinator or no serviceable offensive coordinator. Their offense looked really bad, and I don't see how they improved, whereas you got teams like the Jets who really improved through the draft. Dolphins taking that, you know, 
taking that home run swing and acquiring Tyreek Hill and pairing him with Jalen Waddle. Honestly, I've seen. I think the Dolphins and the Jets both improved, whereas the Patriots got worse. And that's why I think the Patriots will be the worst team in the AFC East. For the as for breakout player, Tua Tagovailoa. This is a make or break year. I, I was speaking about Jalen Hurts earlier. For Tua, it's a, even a bigger. You know, bigger. There's more pressure placed on him compared to Jalen Hurts because. The excuse with him was injuries. He didn't have any weapons surrounding him. He had a defensive-minded head coach. Now he has Mike McDaniel, who Mike McDaniel, who's one of you know one of the bright minds in the NFL on the offensive side of the ball. He has Tyreek Hill, one of the best, if not the best, receiver in the NFL. He has Jalen Waddle, Mike Gesicki, solid running backs, and Raheem Mostert. He has an offensive line, a serviceable offensive line now. Teron Armstead, headlined by Teron Armstead. This is a make or break year in Tua, and I honestly I think he lives up to the hype. He's as long as he stays healthy, I can see him breaking out and being a really good QB for the Miami Dolphins, and basically showing why he was a top ten pick in the NFL when he was drafted into the NFL. I think he breaks out this year, and I think he proves a lot of people wrong. And Tua Tagovailoa has a big season. Best offensive player, Josh Allen. I really do not need to explain this. He is one of, if not the, he's amongst the top. He's the top. He's top three QB in the NFL, in my opinion. He's not, you know, slightly number one. However, you know that's up for debate. However, Josh Allen can do everything: pass, run, heck, even you know, probably catch touchdown passes. He can do anything. He's the best offensive player by far. As for defensive player, this was really tough. They had a lot of solid guys like Matthew Juron, you know, Xavier Howard. However, I went with Quinnen Williams. The impact he has on that Jets defensive line, and now you know they're adding pieces around him. Less attention will be put towards him, and I feel like he's going to break out. Uh, he he was the number three overall pick for a reason, and Quinnen Williams has had a solid year, solid few years in the NFL, and now I feel like he takes that next step and turns out to be an amazing player for that Jets defense that's really up and coming, in my opinion. All right, best rookie, sticking with the New York Jets, Brees Hall. He's been getting a ton of rave reviews out of training camp, and frankly, you know, there is no running back one. I really feel, I liked him coming out of college. And I feel like he really takes in that takes in that Jets running back role and thrives within. I think he's the best rookie in this division by far. Best coach, Mike McDaniel. I think he has a really solid team and he's built for success. And as I said earlier, he's one of the brightest minds in the offensive side of the ball. I think he's the best coach. You know, I wanted to make it, I wanted to be a bit bold. I was debating between him and Robert Sala because I feel like those teams take the next step this year. We'll see how that turns out. Mike McDaniel is my be- is my coach of the division. Most improved player, I went with Joshua Uche. Reports out of training camp have said that Joshua Uche has really looked good and he has that step that, you know, really, really helped him develop into a premier edge rusher in college and made him a second round pick in the NFL. And I feel like Joshua Uche, you know, Bill Belichick has these things with developing defensive players and Joshua Uche is, I feel like, will take that next step and will be the most improved player in this division. But yeah, that is AFC East. Now you guys got a hang of it. We'll move on a little more quickly. AFC North, I went with best team Ravens, worst team Cleveland Browns. I'll explain that later. Breakout player, Rashad Bateman. Best offensive player, Jamar Chase. Best defensive player, TJ Watt. Best rookie, George Pickens. Best coach or division uh, coach of the division, Mike Tomlin. Most improved player, Odafe Away. As for, okay, now time to explain my thoughts. Baltimore Ravens. I think they are the best team. You know, you have Lamar Jackson, and he's the best QB in my, in the division, in my opinion. And just the additions they added in the draft, Tyler Underbaum, Kyle Hamilton, those are two players that slot in and start week one for you. 
And if it wasn't for injuries, they probably would have been the best. They would have won the division last year. And frankly, they were a competitive team with all the injuries they've faced. And now they get back Marlon Humphrey. They get back Marcus Peters. And then you add guys like Tyler Linderbaum and Kyle Hamilton. And you added a guy like Marcus Williams. I just feel like the Baltimore Ravens have a ton of great players on that team. And I feel like they're, they took they took that step forward and they will be the best team in the division come this season. Worst team. This is this kind of has an asterisk with it. Because I'm going with Deshaun Watson potentially missing the full season based off the rumors and reports. If Deshaun Watson plays, however, I think the worst team will probably be Pittsburgh. However, I'm going with the fact that Deshaun Watson is going to miss half of, if not majority of, if not all the season. So, you know, the Browns without Deshaun Watson, I don't, I think they are the worst team. The reason why, you know, you look at the Browns and Steelers without Deshaun Watson, the Steelers probably have the better offensive weapons. QB is probably close with Jacoby Brissett or whoever starts in Pittsburgh. And the defense in Pittsburgh is better than the defense in Cleveland. And then this, as again, this is based off Deshaun Watson being suspended. If Deshaun Watson was playing, I'd have the Steelers as the worst team. As for breakout player, I went with Rashad Bateman. The reason being, you know, last year was he was dealing with a few injuries. You know, he was a rookie and experienced. Now he gets Lamar Jackson back. I feel, and now you may say like, oh, the Baltimore Ravens are a run-heavy offense. I feel like Rashad Bateman in a run-heavy offense takes that next step. Now with Marcus Brown, Marquise Brown gone. He takes that next step, steps into that wide receiver one role, and develops a connection with Lamar Jackson, who ends up proving that he is deserving of a huge contract in the NFL. Which, speaking of, you know, I didn't bring this up in the Around the NFL segment. We'll bring it up quickly. They set a deadline of week one being the cutoff date for contract negotiations between Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. So that is something to keep an eye on. However, as for Rashad Bateman, I feel like he takes that next step this year, conquers that wide receiver one role, and develops a great connection with Lamar Jackson and he breaks out into the scene and becomes a solid NFL receiver. Best offensive player, Jamar Chase. He was the best player last year as a rookie. This is his second year. He's only going to get better, which is kind of scary for everyone else in the NFL. However, Jamar Chase is the best offensive player. Best defensive player, TJ Watt, former defensive player of the year. You know, he wrecks havoc wherever he plays, double team, triple team, whatever. He's the best defensive player. Could have been Miles Garrett. However, I th- I'm going to go with TJ Watt, the defensive player of the year. Best rookie, George Pickens. You guys seen the videos of him in training camp. You know, he performed well in preseason. I am buying the hype on George Pickens, and you should too. I feel like he's going to be the best rookie in that division. For coach, I went with Mike Tomlin. You know, it could have been John Harbaugh. It could have probably been Zach Taylor. It could have been, you know, Kevin Stefanski. It really could have been any, that shows how many great coaches they have in the AFC North. However, I'm going to go with Mike Tomlin because simply because of Mike Tomlin, the Pittsburgh Steelers have a shot at the playoffs considering even if this is a rebuilding year, they are going to be a competitive team and that's solely based on the fact that they got Mike Tomlin as their head coach. I don't think, besides Bill Belichick, I don't think any coach has an impact on their team's success as much as Mike Tomlin does on the Pittsburgh Steelers and that has been proven in the past couple years. And we'll, we will see how that happens this year. But I feel like Mike Tomlin is the best coach in that division. As for most improved player, I went with Adafi Owe. Last year, he was a rookie, you know, heading into the NFL. He was kind of a raw prospect. Now with the year under his belt and all the potential in the world, I feel like he takes that next step in a Baltimore Ravens defense that has a ton of playmakers. And, you know, they have they have a history of developing great edge rushers. And I feel like Adafi Owe will be that next guy and take that next step. And he will really improve next year. Moving on, let's go to the next division, the AFC South. 
Let's go with the best team being the Indianapolis Colts. The worst team being the Houston Texans. Breakout player, Travis Etienne. Best offensive player, Jonathan Taylor. Best defensive player, I went with, you know, two. Why not? DeForest Buckner and Shaquille Leonard. Best rookie, Devin Lloyd. Best coach or coach of the division, Mike Frabel. And most improved player, a bold one, Ryan Tannehill. I will explain that very soon. Okay, as for the best team, Indianapolis Colts. I feel like they just have, you know, the better team. They have more playmakers on both sides of the ball. You have Jonathan Taylor. You have uh, Matt Ryan. And on the defensive side of the ball, you got Shaquille Leonard, DeForest Buckner, Julian Blackman, Stephon Gilmore. The list goes on and on. They really improved on the defensive side of the ball. Whereas the other teams really, such as Tennessee, they really didn't take that next step off of their success last season. Worst team, Houston Texans. I have, was not a fan of the Lovey Smith hire. They really didn't make any you know, significant moves. They got a lot of, they got a lot of depth guys starting in positions that, you know, they're, that, you know, you expect to have stars. And frankly, that's not going to cut it in the NFL. They're, they're, they got a meh team. And out of this division, I feel like they're the worst team. They got, they got solid rookies. However, I still feel like they are the worst team in this division. Breakout player, I'm with Travis Etienne. You know, I feel like he burst onto the scene. He looks healthy. He looks fast. He looks ready to take in, to take in that Jaguars to accept that Jaguars running back role, and I feel like he's going to run with it with the chemistry he has with Trevor Lawrence. He they build off the chemistry they had in Clemson, and Travis Etienne has a great season, and he's a breakout player for me. Best offensive player, fairly obvious, Jonathan Taylor. He was the best running back last year in the NFL. I think he continues that success this year. You know, Frank Wright, Matt Ryan. It's really not going to change. They're going to be a run first team, and Jonathan Taylor is going to be the deciding factor on whether the Indianapolis Colts win this division or not. if Or, if, frankly, if their offense is good or not. And it all revolves around Jonathan Taylor. Best defensive player sticking with the Indianapolis Colts, DeForest Buckner slash, slash Shaquille Leonard. I, I did two players because I really wasn't sure. They're both really good defensive players. If I were if I were to pick one, I'd give the slight to DeForest Buckner. He's just the better overall player, in my opinion. Shaquille Leonard has his, you know, flaws. DeForest Buckner, no reason to, like, Explain that. I feel like he's the best defender in this division. As for best rookie, I went with Devin Lloyd. I am high on Devin Lloyd heading heading into the draft. Out of the draft, I really like this pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He slots in as their starting linebacker and really is that face is the face of that defense. And I feel like Devin Lloyd really proves to be the best rookie in that division. Best coach, Mike Vrabel. He led the Tennessee Titans to the first seed last year. I think, you know, when with him at the helm and him getting more experience as an NFL head coach, he's just going to get better and better. I'm not so high on Frank Reich. I'm not high on Doug Peterson. And Lovey Smith, I already told you my opinions on him. I feel like Mike Vrabel is the best coach in this division. Okay, now for most improved player, Ryan Tannehill. The reason I did that, last year he had his struggles. Yes, I get that. They drafted Malik Willis. However, I feel like Ryan Tannehill, that was, you know, a ton of, like, a ton of reasons he struggled last year. Derrick Henry you know, being gone, you know, dealing with injuries on the offensive line, new offensive coordinator, you know, all those things really factored into him struggling last year. And I feel like with the year in, with the year in the new system per se, getting back Derrick Henry, a better offensive line, a few, you know, you lose AJ Brown. However, you add a guy like Traylon Burks. I feel like Ryan Tannehill improves. I feel like he is going to improve on last year's, you know, struggling struggling year and I feel like it was really tough picking in this division and Ryan Tannehill to me proved to be the most improved guy or best potential guy for being the most improved in that division all right let's move on to the last and final division 
save the best for last. You know what they say. AFC West. This was tough because there's a ton of good players. There's a ton of good teams. And frankly, all of these teams can make playoffs. And it's going to be... It was really tough coming up with this one. However, best team, Los Angeles Chargers. Worst team, Las Vegas Raiders. Breakout player, Asante Samuel. Best offensive player, Patrick Mahomes. Best defensive player, Joey Bosa. Best rookie, George Karloftis. Best coach or coach of the division, Andy Reid. And most improved player, Cortland Sun. All right. This was tough because based off roster alone, I feel like the Chargers have the best team. You know, you look at the guys they have. They got Justin Herbert. They got Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams. You look at that offensive line, they got Rashawn Slater, Corey Lindsley, um, you add Zion Johnson, and then you look at the defensive side of the ball, you got Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Derwin James, Asante Samuel, you just got ballers all over that team, and I feel like, man, just if the Giants, if the Chargers don't make, I said Giants, well, if the Chargers don't make playoffs this year, it's, you know, I don't know what's going on. However, I, based off, you know, on paper, I feel like they have the best team in the division, I feel like they are the favorites for this division in a really tough division. I feel like they are the best team. Worst team. This was tough because the Raiders aren't a bad team. However, based off this division, I think they are the worst team. It was between them and the Broncos for me. However, I'm really not sold on the Raiders offensive line. I feel like they have one of the worst offensive lines. You know, Josh McDaniels, I I have my question marks surrounding him as a coach. And, you know, frankly, the Raiders, they added Devontae Adams. The offense should improve. However, I'm not really sold on that defense, and it's going to be a really interesting season because the Raiders are a good team. You know, them being the worst team in the division doesn't mean, you know, they're a bad team. It's just out of all four teams, I had to go with the Las Vegas Raiders as the worst team due to the reasons I listed, you know, the offensive line and, you know, question marks surrounding their head coach. All right, as for breakout player, I went with Asante Samuel. I feel like he takes that next step. You know, he was really solid as a rookie. He takes that next step, slots into that starting cornerback role, and really proves to be the face of, you know, really improving Chargers defense. You know, with a guy like Staley as your head coach, you know, that he's he's bound to improve and break out as a player, Asante Samuel. He had a high ceiling heading into the NFL, and I feel like he takes that next step this year. Best offensive player, Patrick Mahomes. He's the best QB. He's the best player in the game right now. No need to explain that. Best defensive player, this was tough, but I went with Joey Bosa. Could have easily went with Joe, uh, Derwin James. However, Derwin James, best ability is the availability. I went with Joey Bosa. Yeah, he has his injury concerns as well. However, Joey Bosa plays more, and you know he is a more impact player on that Chargers defense to me personally. Best rookie, George Karloftis. It could have easily been Sky Moore, but I stuck with the I stuck with the defensive side of the ball. Went with the other Kansas City first round. Uh, went with the other Kansas City draft pick. And in George Karloftis, he had a really solid showing week one of preseason. I was really high on him coming out of the draft, and I'm really looking forward to see how he performs. On a Kansas City defense that's, you know, an aggressive defense, and him playing alongside Chris Jones, Frank Clark, on on that defensive line, I feel like that will help him really break out, and his, his potential will show on that Kansas City defense. And I'm really excited, and I feel like he's going to be the best rookie. It could easily be Sky Moore because, you know, he has Patrick Mahomes as his QB. However, I went with George Karloftis, the more interesting pick. Best coach, this is fairly obvious, Andy Reid. He is the most successful coach in this division until Josh McDaniels, uh, Brandon Staley, and and Nathaniel Hackett. You know, they're all unproven. I'm going to go with Andy Reid as the best coach in this division. Most improved player, Corlin Sutton. People are forgetting how good Corlin Sutton is. You know, he's dealt with injury. 
He's had bad QB play, questionable QB play over his career, and now he gets a guy like Russell Wilson, and honestly, I feel like he's going to improve a lot this year. And he honestly could have been the breakout player, but I just wanted to save him for most improved player. I just feel like him with a solid QB and Russell Wilson, he is going to he's going to show out this year, and I feel like he is going to be a really 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 good player this year. I feel like he improves on that tough season he had last year and bursts onto the scene as one of the top receivers in this division. All right, that wraps up this episode. You know, I really hope you guys enjoyed it. And last episode, we kind of hinted on a special episode. That is still in the works. You know, we got that all set. We just need to figure out a few other things. However, that episode should be coming out either next week or the week after. However, we still got it built up. Just because, you know, I said it would be this week, we kind of had to change it up a bit. And I wanted to give you guys this episode before we give out that special episode, which we will reveal very soon. However, I really hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode. Please make sure to subscribe on wherever you listen to your podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and so much more. I really appreciate you listening to this entire episode. That is it. I hope you guys stay safe, stay well, and enjoy the day.